You showed up today, Peloton. Who's feeling sweaty and strong? Definitely me. Tap into your motivation at OnePeloton.com. With no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, banking with Capital One is like the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like Taylor Swift choosing what to wear. It's looking kind of chilly out today. I think I'll go with a cardigan. Yep, even easier than that. And with our top-rated app, you can bank anytime, anywhere, making Capital One an even easier decision. That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? New consumer accounts only. Approval required. Terms apply. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's not just office workers. Pro Hoops players are getting ready to revert to pre-pandemic routines. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver sent a memo to teams confirming the league's getting back on a normal schedule next season. Training camps will open in late September, and the regular season starts in mid-October. Officials admit this will be a quick turnaround for teams that make it to this summer's NBA Finals. The league has dealt with two seasons of chaotic schedules because of the pandemic. Still no word on when the new season could end, but that'll likely happen on time sometime next April. Monica Ricks, CBS News. No sweet cream for white mochas? No mango dragon fruit? Starbucks baristas say they can't take the flack from customers anymore. <laughs> a group of employees posted a TikTok scream voicing their frustration over supply chain shortages of everything from guava juice to cold brew and cake pops. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. It's all about the nose. It's your air filter, the first line of defense against bacteria and viruses. If too many germs get stuck in your nose, guess what? You get sick. That's why it's so important to keep your nose clean, just like washing your hands. Nasal irrigation gets rid of germs by rinsing the nasal cavity. But neti pots are hard to use and, frankly, kind of gross. Now there's a better way to keep your nose clean and help your body protect itself. It's called Navage Nasal Care. Navage uses powered suction to flush out allergens, mucus, bacteria, and viruses. Millions use Navage for fast, all-natural relief from sinus congestion and allergies and to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and comes with an absolute guarantee of satisfaction. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Now it's time to start cleaning your nose with Navage. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. I'm Brandy. You may know me as a branch manager, but I'm also a volunteer and a band mom. At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find Brandy or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com. It's time to thrive outside. Spending time outside, like at an Ohio State Park, is a natural way to boost your mental health. Just 15 minutes in nature can restore you. The parks are for everyone to enjoy. Visit detourtrails.ohiodnr.gov to connect to a trail near you. Need more help? Call the Ohio Care Line at 1-800-720-9616 for free emotional support. Sponsored by the Ohio Departments of Natural Resources and Mental Health and Addiction Services. Aired by the OAB in this station. Get the facts every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 and 97.1 FM WATH. A healthy body needs good food. This summer, the Ohio Department of Education is again sponsoring the Ohio Summer Food Service Program, where kids eat free. 
Children under 18 receive healthy meals and no sign-up is required. It's easy. Some are right in your neighborhood. Call 1-866-3-HUNGRY or visit the Ohio Department of Education website at education.ohio.gov forward slash kids eat for meal locations and times. As Southeast Ohio's Area Agency on Aging, Buckeye Hills Regional Council can help answer questions about vaccinations, Medicare, and in-home care support for qualified individuals as a possible alternative to nursing home care. Learn more at BuckeyeHills.org or call Buckeye Hills Regional Council at 1-800-331-2644. That's 1-800-331-2644. Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is, fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-362-2000-362-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. I'm a private real estate investor who can solve your real estate problems fast for cash. Do you want to sell and just be done with it? Okay, great. I buy vacant properties, boarded up houses, pre-foreclosures, and inherited properties. I also buy apartment buildings, rental portfolios, divorce homes. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. I look forward to solving your real estate problems today. Give me a call for an all-cash offer at 614-362-2000. Hey, it's Boots. We'll talk with Indy 500 champion owner Mike Shank. Preview good guys and get the latest on the lemon law that's auto smarts friday afternoon at 106 on 970 wath and 97.1 fm i-n-e-p-t emf tech two four six eight who do we appreciate oysters oysters raw 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 i'm visiting with coach art turf before the ball game this week the home game coming up tomorrow at the half shell stadium there is a, sort of a, an air of urgency around the office today. People going this way and that way. Coach, there seems to be a lot of confusion around this place. Well, that's right. You're real observant. Things is uh, pretty normal. You recall yesterday when we were talking with you about the opponent, the Georgia Institute of Football, and in fact, uh, it was during our radio broadcast, you got the call uh, from their coach saying that he was not going to be able to make the game. Well, that's right. You know, uh, TGIF is now on our hate list, even though they do have a very honorable, respected, and famous football program over there because uh, they said they called up they wasn't going to come and play us. Some ridiculous thing about us not promising to pay them enough money to come here and pay. And, uh, of course, you know, we're not in the football business for money. You know, we, do, we don't care about how much money folks make. We're in it for the glory of the game and uh, just so we can institute some fine boys out there and give them education and learn them how to play football. And quite as a coincidence, while we were still on our radio show, you got a call from a coach who was looking for an opponent this week. Well, that's right. Ain't that amazing? Just another one of them things that makes football the great game it is. You know, the coach over to East Springfield Polytechnic ESP called up not just a couple of minutes after we found out that uh, the folks at TGIF wasn't coming. He says, Coach, Coach, I hear you're looking for a ball game. And, uh, you know, there must have been something in the air. And, and so I figured that, well, gee whiz, if things are going to happen like this, it must be fate that we're supposed to play these boys. So I quick agreed, said, you, you boys come on, we'll play you tomorrow. And so now we got us a ball game. And you don't have much time to prepare for this opponent. In fact, uh, no way to get a scouting report at this late date, is there? 
Well, uh, as good as uh, scouting reports has been all season, I don't believe we're going to need one. And I'll be back with Coach Turf right after we pause for this message. And here is a scouting report that will benefit many. A favorite drink of seniors and all ages, Metamucil brings you the Art Turf Show. Metamucil works like clockwork. Well, Coach Turf, a last-minute fill-in opponent for the game this week, ESP, and you certainly haven't had a lot of time to prepare for this football game. Well, that's right, you know, and that's just another one of them things that makes football a great game it is because you don't necessarily, even though it is nice most of the time, to know what your opponent is going to do every time he snaps a football. Uh, another one of the things you can do to prepare for a ball game is just to prepare your young men to go out there and play their finest, to play a fine ball game on offense, play a fine ball game on defense, play a fine ball game on special teams, and just concentrate on what we do best. In other words, you're just going to take your own team and try to improve in all your areas. Well, that's right, and, uh, and there ain't nobody can say that uh, in all the areas we got, we can stand some improvement. Coach Turf, if you're going to concentrate on the things that you do best, what would you say would be your best formation this week? Well, judging on what's been going on in the uh, past seven ball games this season, judging all the formations we've run from, T-bone formation, Z formation, I formation, uh, the split wing formation, I'd say the best formation we got going for us is punt formation. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. Some rain. Gray and overcast outside right now here on Columbus Road. saying we're going to have some thunderstorms as the day continues. 77 degrees, our expected high. 73 right now. And we got a Friday free-for-all. Scott and I are here. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. It is uh, June 11th, folks. June 11th, on which it's National Making Life Beautiful Day. That's one of them. We'll get into that in a moment. National Corn on the Cob Day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. National German Chocolate Cake Day. Mm -hmm. That's not too shabby either. (laughs) But, um, you know, I I have always enjoyed corn on the cob. It was a staple of summer meals at my home growing up in Worthington. We went over, boy, can I even think of the name of the the family farm um, stand? 
I guess not without a little more time. Anyway, we there was a regular place we would all go there, uh, down by the Olentangy River Road in 161, and they had a little farm market, right? And uh, we'd buy, you know, I don't know, one, two dozen ears of corn and bring them home and shuck them for each meal. And um, we had a dog's, and now we also had our own garden. And my dad loved garden uh, to, to put out a big garden. And, of course, corn was in there. And we had a dog, um, Scamp. Scamp um, was sort of beagle-like. And he would go out to the end of the yard and sniff up and down the aisles of the corn stalks and sniff the silk, right? You know what I mean. Yeah. And uh, until he found one he thought was extra good. Then he would yank that whole stalk out of the ground, drag it up to where we had a, a fire pit, and then sit there and proceed to uh, shuck it, you know, with his teeth. And he chewed all the corn off the the um, the cob. Uncooked, fresh, yummy. And uh, initially, it, it bothered my dad a little bit, but we got to where we kind of it was it was part of life, right? Yeah. Scamp was going to do that. He had every right. Oh, we used to hold uh, corn cobs in our hands for a dog that mom and dad had, little buddy. He was a mix of a Yorkie and I think a little poodle in him, mm-hmm. and a little uh, maybe a little chow. But he loved that, and he would clean that cob. Oh yes, like absolutely better than we humans yeah, do. Yeah. Now, I, I came across an article the other day, and I read it, and I got, oh, my gosh, thinking I had been doing something wrong all these years. It says corn is a very dangerous animal for dogs. But what they're getting at, as I read through it more carefully, is the, the, um, the cob itself. Yeah. Um, and I none of my dogs ever showed an interest in the cob, but evidently... Some do, and then it could be, be a blockage in their system, right? Yeah. We, he loved that so much. that It was a challenge to try to get that cob of corn away from him after he, oh, yeah. he cleaned it because that's why we had to hold on to it with two hands and kind of roll it like a rotisserie. My goodness, he loved that. And then he would, you know, lick his chops, and you could see the you know how we get the corn mm-hmm. all stuck. Yeah. <laughs> It was there, but he loved that corn. Indeed. Yeah, and lots okay. of corn produced in the U.S., the state that is the leading producer of corn, Iowa. I think I knew that. Followed by? Or would have guessed that. Illinois, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Kansas, South Dakota, and coming in at number eight, O-H. I-O. I-O. But do you think that... Don't you think that's more like field corn they're talking about? Oh, I'm sure it is. Okay. Yep. So I wonder if there'd be a different ranking for sweet corn. Quite possibly. They they all they say is the top eleven corn producing states. I'm betting that's uh, of uh, twenty twenty. Like 
feed grain corn. Yeah, could be. Anyway, while you're digging in to see if sweet corn even has a listing such as that, um, National Making Life Beautiful Day. I like the sound of it, and it's in what it's what they're getting across. But is that organized in any way? It goes on to say here, National Making Life Beautiful Day on June 11th dedicates a celebration to those who make life beautiful. Whether you're creating beauty by building relationships or helping others achieve personal success, your actions create a ripple effect making life beautiful not just for yourself, but for those around you too. And that's what we do here Every morning on Party Line, yeah, right? We do, well, and throughout our day. Yeah. The station, folks, radio stations, truly, everybody here is trying to make your day a little bit better with entertainment, interesting things, um, humor. Um, thoughtfulness, um, sadness once in a while is important. Um, we're just trying to add to your lives. And, you know, I mean, we could, we could say, okay, we have a responsibility to, uh, let's see, what could it be? To, uh, to be on the air. To provide you the latest news. To inform the public. And and we do. We do our best, yes. But there's so much more to it. The manner in which you do it. The, well, anyway, I'm going to start getting on a soapbox here pretty quickly. Do it. it. It's a Friday free-for-all. Yeah, but I mean, I think people have already gotten the idea. We really care, folks, about the region we serve. We really care about each of you. And we want this community to be terrific. And we already think it is. Can we make it to a better degree yet? Um, When something bad happens, can we do our best to make sure it doesn't happen again? All that sort of thing. You know, I got here in 73. You've heard me say that over and over, I'm sure. I am such an Athenian, through and through. And when I say Athenian, I don't mean that I'm not Nelsonville or that I'm not um, Coolville or, you know what I mean. I'm Southeast Ohio. He's all of it, folks. He's all over. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, let's, let's, uh, let's move on, though. Enough soapboxing. Well, you know, that's what we try to do. I strive to do that well, every sure. morning on sure. on morning show, this show, Sentimental Journey. If it doesn't anything. show, yeah, if I, you listen to Liz in the morning, you know, over on our sister station, um, she cares about so many things, and she has fun, and we all want to have fun. We sure. want to enter, be entertaining for you and ourselves. We all care about so many things. 
each morning I, I come in, I say a little prayer to help me somehow make someone's morning a little bit better or lots of people or that's cool maybe somebody will hear a song that brings back a good memory or something funny is said but just try to make people's mornings a little bit better because i remember the days of stressing of getting up getting ready to go to work getting out of the house getting on the road get to try to find a parking place you know, get to the office, things like that. And it's, it, it can be a little stressful, so I think about that. And you had a great job, and you did yeah. a good job, and it was important for the university yep. and all that sort of thing. Yep, I had great colleagues there but, in the athletics department. But I tell you, working out here gives you a little extra opportunity. It does, yeah. And um, to reach so many people and hopefully put a smile on their face. Amen. All right. Let's see. Um, we've kind of gotten off uh, track a little bit, but maybe we're really on track. Well, yeah. You know, with Making Life Beautiful Day, that's that's the whole premise of it. Today is uh, June, 20, June 11th, as we've said. We've already mentioned this. Um, Making Life Beautiful Day is one of the many things today. Let's look at some of the historical events. In the year 631, the emperor, Taizong of Tang of China, I have no idea if I'm saying it well enough or not. Taizong of Tang of China. Anyway, he sends envoys to the Zuyentao bearing gold and silk for the release of Chinese prisoners captured during the transition from Sui to Tang, from Northern Frontier, and in do, so doing, was successful in freeing 80,000 people. I read that very poorly because I have no idea what these words are, but you get the point. Okay, 1776. Only a thousand years later, Continental Congress creates committee to draft a Declaration of Independence with Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, Roger Sherman, and Robert R. Livingston as members. There's two names there that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, same here. Roger Sherman and Robert R. Livingston. All right, 1963, U.S. President JFK says segregation is morally wrong and that it is time to act. 1987, Margaret Thatcher is the first British Prime Minister in 160 years to win a third consecutive term. 2014, the year, Islamic State of Iraq forces seize control of government offices and other important buildings in the northern city of Mosul. 2014. Okay. That's, uh, oh, there goes my phone. Let me make sure it's okay. Yep, it is. 
Okay, let's uh, let's look up some people. Well, first of all, here's something that says Ben Carson's over-the-counter smart drug <laughs> triples memory in 21 days. Is this um, a teaser of some kind? Yeah, or Yep. Oh, okay. It is. So just ignore it. It's that clickbait again, like the other one that said Ohio is scheduled for a big payday on Friday. Mm. That we had a couple days ago. Okay. Okay, famous birthdays. Henry Hill. Born in 1943, died in 2012. This this name um, means nothing to me yet. He was a mobster, a gangster. Really? Associated with the Lucchese crime family of New York City from 1955 until 1980 until he was arrested on narcotics charges and then became an FBI informant. Mm. Anything uh, unusual about his death date? Uh, doesn't say anything about okay. that. Okay. He uh, apparently was in on writing some books, Gangsters and Goodfellas, The Mob, Witness Protection, and Life on the Run. So he had some creative talents, too. Apparently so, when he turned the page. Okay, Jeanette Rankin, born in 1880, died on this date. No, no, no. Born on this date in 1880, died in 1973. In this picture, I swear I've seen her somewhere before. She was an American politician and women's rights advocate and the first woman to hold federal office in the United States. Wow. She was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives as a Republican from Montana in 1916 and once again in 1940. Okay, not. I'm just um, just expressing in a spontaneous thought here. The first woman elected to Congress. And when we hear this, these sort of stats or notable things that happen, I'm I'm often surprised at what state it was they came from. Montana. Wouldn't you have expected that from a more populated area maybe back well at that time okay 1960 populated or more middle of the road or more you know what what expression do you want to choose but it often is somewhat an, an obscure place so she was montana the first congresswoman yeah and you know just goes to show you our leaders can come from anywhere. Jacques Cousteau. Oh. Born on this date in 1910, died in 1997. I met him. Um, twice, I think. Um, refresh everybody about some of his background. Did you uh, get to ride on the Calypso, possibly? 
<laughs> not the Calypso. No. He was a French naval officer, explorer, conservationist, filmmaker, innovator, scientist, photographer, author, and researcher who studied the sea and all forms of life in water. He also developed the Aqualung, mm -hmm. pioneered marine conservation, and was a member of the Académie Française. <laughs> Last person we have in terms of birthdays is Joe Montana, who's still alive, and today would be his 65th birthday. Super Joe Montana was a professional football quarterback, played at Notre Dame, played for the San Francisco 49ers, and uh, won a couple Super Bowls there with the 49ers. And I've said a couple times, the next Super Joe is from our area of Athens, it will be Joe Burrow, the next Super Joe. Well, in many minds, he's already getting there. Yeah. Okay, so now, famous deaths. We only have two today. George the First, who whom I think was a king. Um, his years of life, 16, 1660, and then he died in 1727 on this date. Yes, he was a king of Great Britain and Ireland from August of 1714, and uh, the ruler of the Duchy and Electorate of Brunswick, Lewenburg, within the Holy Roman Empire from January 1698 until his passing in 1727. He was the first British monarch of the House of Hanover. And this next one we won't have to describe. John Wayne. John Wayne. 1907 his birth. This date of his death in, in 1979. All right, let's see what this page has. Nothing I need to do there. Nothing I need to do there. Take these, put these back over here in the dun stack. Okay. I have a report on marriages. Uh, one of our great friends here at the radio station uh, sent in uh, the word unobtainium. Uh, un unobtainium. Unobtainium. I guess I said yep. it pretty close. Yep, you got it. And thought it might be interesting just to, to discuss that a little bit. And so, why not? Okay. It evidently has more than one meaning. Um, Scott, you're going to have to dig in as we go here a little bit. So, unobtainium... is a highly valuable mineral found on the moon Pandora. Humans mined unobtainium for, gen for energy generation as the RDA was su suppressing the development of alternatives on Earth.
the moon Pandora. This really narrowed it down for me. <laughs> Not located in the Alpha Centauri A system, about 4.37 light years from Earth. It is one of the many natural satellites orbiting the gas giant Polyphemus, named for the Polyphemus of Greek mythology. Pandora is a potato-shaped moon coated in a fine, dust-sized, icy material. Okay, now I have a half a dozen other things. Unobtainium is not a real element, but it is a real word. Since the 1950s, engineers and scientists have used the word to describe the perfect material to solve a particular engineering problem. Except it doesn't exist. Okay, let's do another one. Unobtainium isn't real, or is it? If you would like to know where to buy unobtainium, the top exchanges for trading in unobtainium are currently the hit BTC, Bitcoin, Exchange, Latican, and Frey Exchange. In other words, it's, it almost strikes me that it's a form of crypto, right? When that's what it is, one definition, apparently. I was looking at that word, unobtainium. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you said it doesn't exist, they might as well just name it unobtainable. Let's see here. What is, now I'm on another section here. It says, what is unobtainium cryptocurrency? Well, I guess sometimes they just refer it to it as UNO. Yeah. They say UNO is a decentralized SH80-256POW currency. Cryptocurrency. Um, thank you. Unique for its low inflation, scarcity, and a fair launch and distribution with circulating supply. Okay. So... I have lots more on unobtainium. Um, for example, the material itself, this is in Wikipedia. It is a room temperature superconductor for energy, which makes it very valuable, worth 20 million bucks per kilogram, kilogram by 2.2 pounds. And that's unrefined. 
Now, if it's refined, it's worth $40 million per kilogram. Now, they, they go on to say, however, as the Pandoran atmosphere is toxic to humans, it is expensive to mine. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, does it even exist? Uh, yeah. Unobtainable again. <laughs> um, okay, so, <clears throat> is this a real thing or not? What do you think? I can't quite tell. I'm not sure either. Okay, so let's talk about something that evidently is real. Bitcoin. You hear about it. What are some of the other things you've heard, the other names of these, what do you call them, currencies, right? Yeah, digital currencies. Okay. Apparently there are over 5,000 digital currencies available now. Really? Yeah. Okay. According to Forbes Does it magazine. Okay. Can I hold a Bitcoin in my hand? I don't think you can because it's it's digital. It's a cryptocurrency. It's not like you so, can hold a buck so a five dollar uh, bill in okay. your hand. So I've got a twenty dollar bill in my wallet. But I I can't put a Bitcoin in my wallet, right? Yeah, right. <clears throat> now here here's the thing, I'm I've said this before. Um, for me, I wouldn't do it because there's nothing backing the currency like the FDIC does a Federal Reserve note, which otherwise well, it, is money. So what's the what's the it's it's, what uh, makes it sexy to have? Well, apparently it's digital. It's a, a decentralized digital currency. You can buy it, sell it, exchange it directly without an intermediary like a bank. So you go back and forth, and I, you and I go back and forth and buy and sell and trade cryptocurrency. No, we don't. I mean, that's what would happen. But we could. Yeah. But the creator says he d described the need for an electronic payment system based on cryptographic proof instead of trust. So mm, I, don't get that. I don't either because, um, you know, transactions are very hard to reverse. Again, it's difficult to fake a transaction too, but again... Bitcoins are not backed by the government or any issuing institution. So, again, there's nothing to guarantee their value besides the proof that is in the heart of the system. For, okay, for so me, it's, it's not a real stable currency. I don't know about you. Scares me. Yeah, I, you know. Okay. You can invest in it and lose your, uh, your whole life savings. So... <clears throat> Um, cryptocurrencies, right? That's yeah. the, the that's how we would describe all of these. Yeah, our digital currency. Yep. Um, what is the most used cryptocurrency? Oh, it's, it's Bitcoin. It is Bitcoin. Oh yeah. 
and the the can, can you do business? I mean, can you live a life? Well, some people think they well, can. Let me finish my sentence. Okay. Because I, I don't know if you're going to understand where I was going unless I do. If you go to the market and buy groceries on Saturday or Sunday, like most people do, you don't have a choice about paying in Bitcoin, right? Correct. You have to use U.S. currency or a bank that deals with it for you. Yeah, or the credit card. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. I just don't understand. Yeah. Well, here's the basic of how basic principles of how it works. And again, um, you know, the people buy these things, and I'm not sure why. But I, for me, I think it's a fad. Now, you you'd hear that exact exactly the opposite from someone that uses Bitcoin. But it sells one Bitcoin now sells for almost fifty thousand dollars. Now, Bitcoin is limited to 21 million coins. But is there a coin? A it is physical a, metal piece of... No. Okay. It's, it's just referred to as a coin okay. in the digital ranks there, too. So, when this, this first started out, it sold for about $150 per coin. Now, as of March 1st, 2021, and I don't get this. Like I just mentioned, one Bitcoin now sells for about $50,000 and that's because the supply is limited to 21 million coins. So a lot of people are expecting the price to not only uh, keep rising as it goes on, but more and more large ins institutional investors uh, begin treating it as sort of like a digital gold to hedge against market volatility and inflation. Hmm. So if the inflation and market get out of control, they're going to, but what, what, try why, to fall back on that. Why did what somebody think it was necessary to invent something different? Um, basically, what was just said there about protection against inflation and volatility, uh, volatility to use a different form of currency if the dollar starts to devalue more and more, much mm -hmm. like it did in the Depression. But for me, I don't think a depression will ever happen again because there, there are too many safeguards in the Federal Reserve to prevent that from happening. Now, years ago, banks used to issue their own currency before they became a part of the Federal Reserve. So basically, if you had a bank in Philadelphia, they issued their notes or their money, but then they all blended in underneath the Federal Reserve after that. Completely changing topics. Okay. I need you to run an errand for me. Out in my spinny, there's a piece of paper sticking up with stats on it. I forgot to bring it in. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it's time to update the COVID stuff. Uh, I forgot all about that today. And Stanley, did you see where our president, who's overseas right now, President Biden, made an announcement, I believe, that the U.S. was going to donate a billion doses 
of the vaccine to uh, any any number of places throughout the world that were having trouble coming by them. I think that was um, that announcement occurred yesterday. All right. Well, we had a phone call a moment ago, but I, as I glanced over, it stopped flashing. So <clears throat> I apologize. I'll try to keep an eye closer to that. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so updates on coronavirus. But first, now the phone starts flashing again. So let me get this. Whoops, almost knocked my coffee over. Okay, here we go. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, David. Um, I'm on your side. I'm always bewildered whenever I hear about Bitcoin and now when it was worth whatever uh, your, your um, studio mate said. Now, like, how many minutes? I don't know what. It just boggles my mind. I'll believe in Bitcoin, and I think you'll agree with me, when the tooth fairy starts to use it. <laughs> <laughs> it just occurred to me, you know how when a child loses a tooth, we, we follow that fun thing of making up the tooth fairy, putting something yeah. under the pillow. Yeah, they, yeah. they never put lollipops or anything under there. They're always putting something else. So now we can start telling them, well, it's Bitcoin. Just wait till you grow up, and it'll be worth, you know... I don't know what it'll be worth it. Be worth, uh, you're, yeah. you'll get a new home from it or something. <laughs> no, you'll get, you'll get a, you'll get five new homes because it'll have been. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I what, just don't understand it. Well, I have this feeling you are not in the minority. <laughs> oh, well, of course. <laughs> and I think people even under our age group <laughs> probably scratch their head as well. I'm only going to believe in something I can put in my hand. Take to the bank, uh, and even that's not assured. You know, anything in the bank is only assured up to a certain amount of money, mm-hmm. whatever it is. You know, what it's a current rate. Uh, I, I there, there is a current rate where yeah. you're only insured for what? I don't whatever, know. Ten thousand. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Whatever it is, but it's not not necessarily the amount you have in the bank. But um, I still believe in the banks, and I don't believe in putting it under your pillows or your mattresses or whatever where people put it. But a lot of people still believe that. Mm. Of course, they also think that if you don't get the COVID test, that I mean, if you get the COVID test, then you won't ever get pregnant again, too. So there you go. <laughs> you know, it, it says it makes you sterile. Mm. <laughs> I just, I, I am so proud of the fact that you have, have preached, and that's a good term in this way, in this sense. Beg people in your listening community to please get the, the vaccination because... You know, it's now, what is it, 96% um, good to, to keep you from getting this, even if some of those horrible variants that's coming from India and places like that. Mm-hmm. And you should be proud when you go to sleep at night because that one guy that calls you a lot, and you know him more personally than your listeners do, he went and got it, and he told us, and I'm glad. Well, now I've forgotten what we're talking about. The guy about. with the lung, he has these breathing issues. Okay. I, I forgot his Don. Don. Oh, oh, now I got it. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, and and you ask him once if he had a spouse, and he said no, and that guy. So you know that narrows okay. him down. Tickety poo. Tickety poo, indeed. Well, the the guy from West Virginia. <laughs> now <laughs> don't he, go doing that. No, he That's tells like, us. Remember that? Uh, what somebody got in trouble recently for Nelson Tucky? I am not doing that. Okay. I was married in West Virginia, so okay. I'm not. I'm not doing West Virginia. In. Okay. I never lived in West Virginia. I love Virginia. Kentucky. 
okay. I never lived in West Virginia, but I was married in West Virginia. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Um, let's do our coronavirus update, okay? So all this information is as of, Cheryl, you say, 2 o'clock yesterday. It's at 2 o'clock each day they kind of release all this data. And then there's other reports that update it at other times, but you have to pick someplace or else it doesn't mean so, uh, it, it can be misleading. So I do this between 2 and 3 each afternoon. <clears throat> so here in Athens County, uh, since this whole thing be- began, we've had 60 deaths of Athenians. We have had um, a total of 5,233 cases. That means people did get COVID just in Athens County. At this point, 5,150 of them have recovered. Good news. Now, remember, we have 65,000 people living here. Uh, Right now, there's 31 active cases. Um, Vaccinations. Athens County, 26,942 people have been vaccinated. That's 41.2% of our population state of ohio now okay we got 11 million almost 700,000 people living here in the state of ohio so um since this whole thing began and i think the first case was march 1st of 20 in ohio since it all began we have had 1 million 106, almost 107,000 cases. That's basically 9.5% of our population got, um, have gotten it. Right now, there are 53,000 that are active. Eight are in serious condition. 8,000, that is. Okay. Uh, We have had 1,074,000 that are recovered. That's 97% of the people that caught it are now recovered. How many deaths in the state of Ohio? 20,021. And uh, vaccinations, state of Ohio, as of yesterday, 50, I'm sorry, 5,424,000, I'm rounding these off, but 5,424,000 vaccinated. That's 46.4% of the state's population have received the vaccine. 
United States. You think we need to do this? The U.S. and... Yeah, I mean, it, okay. we usually do it on the weekend and then okay. Monday morning. Okay. So there's, uh, in the U.S., 331 million people, which is also 4.25% of the world's population. Interesting. Um, there were 24,260 new cases just yesterday. Bringing the current caseload since this all began to 34,268,000 people. Now, of those, 28,255,000 have recovered. Do the math, folks. 5,399,000 are currently active cases. How about deaths in our nation? 613,575. Just yesterday, there were 457 new deaths. Okay, so um, the last figure here would be the numbers of vaccinated U.S. citizens. I, this almost seems impossible to me, but 92% of the U.S. population has been vaccinated. That's a little misleading, I would say. It's more like half of that. Well, they say 304,000, no, million. Okay, I'll double-check this figure, and we'll, we'll fix this on Monday, but I'm pretty sure 304 million people, and our nation only has 331 million people. The world vaccination record is 29%. Yeah, well, close. Maybe no cigar. I'll check it. I'll check it. What I'm seeing here is uh, on June 9th, at least one dose, 52%. Fully vaccinated, 43%. Okay. Um, You ever want to get married? Uh, if if the if the time was right, what a question! If <laughs> on a Friday <laughs> with with sixty seconds. To I mean, if it, you know, if we both agreed to it and the situation was good, things were falling into place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd consider it. Okay, now, um, but you've never been married yet, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, no, have. I have not. Oh, You're okay. correct. Um, now the you know what the best city for marriage success is. Not Vegas, I'm going to guess. <laughs> Somewhere in the Bible Belt? Fremont, California. Oh, that's not the Bible Belt. New Jersey City, New Jersey is second. Glendale, California, third. Arlington, Virginia, fourth. 
lot of these California. Santa Ana is fifth, Oakland uh, sixth, Honolulu seventh, and Santa Clarita eighth. Worst place is in Nevada. It's a place called Sunrise Manor. I'm not familiar with it. Next to worst, Detroit. And worse than that, or no, no, similar, Akron and Cleveland. Well, keep that in mind as your future unfolds, would you? <laughs> We're out of time, folks. We hope you have yeah, wait, a very wait, pleasant wait, weekend. Wait, yabba? Yabba dabba do. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. President Biden, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, Francis Emmanuel Macron and their spouses elbow bumping at the start of their G7 summit in a tiny seaside town in southern England. I'm Vicki Barker in London. Boris Johnson and Joe Biden have come into this summit pledging to give 600 million COVID vaccine doses total to low-income countries. So achieving a 1 billion dose pledge by summit's end seems an achievable goal. Problem is, experts at the WHO and elsewhere say that's nowhere near the 11 billion doses needed to vaccinate the world. And they say that can only happen if the wealthy countries share their vaccine technologies. A day after two fully vaccinated passengers aboard a Caribbean cruise tested positive for COVID, the company is vowing to keep sending seas out onto the high seas this summer. CBS's Earl Barnett is in Port Canaveral, Florida. Royal Caribbean is strongly recommending passengers be vaccinated for some of its trips, while Norwegian and Carnival are following CDC recommendations in requiring